I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We're recapping the recent events of the WNBA. Two teams with only one loss so far in the league, and the Wings, the Dallas Wings, have not won yet. We're talking about the WNBA and all that has gone on. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Rachel, it has been a wild, uh, a wild week. It's been a little bit under a week since our last episode, but it feels like a week because... They've really compiled a lot of great games into a short amount of time, even though this season's spread out, unlike last year. Um, we're gonna we're gonna trail back, if that's okay with you, Rachel. Is that okay with you? We're gonna trail yeah, back to a few games that happened since our last episode, since we talked about the most dominating players in the league early in the season. Um, and a few of the games that pop out um is definitely Minnesota and Phoenix. That was an epic battle last week, and it 58-56 final, Minnesota Lynx pull off the win. I think a lot of, of the naysayers when it comes to Minnesota before that game were saying, oh, the Minnesota hasn't played a hard team yet. Look what's gone on. Uh, they lost to the Storm. They beat the Storm. They went back and forth. You know, let's see what happens when they take on a team that's that's predicted to be a favorite. And well, Rachel, Nafisa Collier comes up big. There was times where she was very, very dominating on defense against Juana Bonner and other top offensive players in this league. And I got to say, I was blown away with her defensive ability. Yes, I agree. That was a game. You know, she, I think she only had like four points in that game, um, but, but, but an efficient and timely four points. Uh, but but, but you're, you're so right with her. She really showcased her ability to be so versatile um, from a matchup standpoint with her size and her strength and her athleticism. I mean, she, she can do so many things on the floor outside of just scoring, you know, I mean, she's just such a, a pro ready, you know, her, her body is so unique. It's so hard to find. I'm still blown away that she went as late as she did in the draft. I'll probably keep saying it all season. So just bear with me, everybody. But um, yeah, you're right. She, she was tremendous on the defensive end of the floor. And I think, I think Minnesota, you know, I mean, the Mercury gave them all they could handle, um, especially down the stretch. I mean, Dewana Bonner literally threw the entire team on her back and was trying to will them, you know, down the stretch to that win. They cut it, you know, cut it late in the game. But you know, Bonner finishes with 25 points. She's the only player on that Mercury roster that scored in double figures. And I mean, not to take your point away from Nafisa Collier, but I'm just I'm looking at the stats and I'm I'm, I'm thinking back to that game and I'm just it's so ridiculous that Brittany Griner was shut down in the way that she was. I mean, she finished She gets three shot attempts in about 33 minutes of play. Um, and, and can we just talk a little bit to that Griner Fowles matchup and how dominant Fowles has been historically over Griner? It, it, well, first of all, I do want to say Bonner went in streaks. So Collier was more like poignant on specific parts of the game, like that great block to win the, or to seal the victory. But yes, uh, this is something that I have been, and a lot of people give me crap for. 
I've been focusing in, you know, the, the early battles between Minnesota and Minnesota first brought still in and uh, in, in that trade from Chicago. And it really reshaped the Minnesota Phoenix dynamic. Brittany Griner and Sylvia Faust have been going at it. Brittany Griner's whole career in the W. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I got into this argument, a long, hefty debate last year. It's somewhere around like 30 games, maybe 40 games that they faced up against each other. And if you look at the stats, arguably there's like five of them that Brittany Griner got the win. Between the two, I'm not talking about did the team win, did the team lose. I'm talking about that head-to-head matchup, who got the, the upper hand. And Rachel, as you said before we got on air, I think it's safe to say Sills got Britney's number. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and for, for the Mercury, like you can't, Bonner can't do it all. You know, like, like someone else has got to step up or else this is going to continue to happen. I mean, you know, we're, we're used to Bonner trying to throw the team on her back and kind of will them to wins and stuff. But, you know, you can't have Brian January finishing one for seven. Um, other other players coming in and shooting shooting as poorly as they did, you know, which I don't anticipate is going to happen very often, especially when you get Tarazi back. But the biggest one for me is Brittany Griner. You know, you if Griner steps up and has, you know, a double double or you know a, a, a more normal, if you will, Griner type of game, you know, they're, they're able to pull that win out. Um, so it just it can't all fall on Bonner's shoulders. That's you're asking too much. Now she's a tremendous player. If you had to say who's the MVP of the league right now. She has to be probably up in that discussion. I know she's mine, at least right now. Um, but no, I mean, you know, it, it was just it was just shocking to me that Griner gets three shot attempts and finishes with four points. I mean, just com- just a complete non-factor, um, and honestly, like unacceptable in my opinion. That's just there's no excuse for that. Um, I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous that, that you just allow yourself to get worked in that degree. And I know I'm being harsh, but like, come on, man, like this is, this is what we're talking about, but props to Minnesota, um, the balanced scoring that they had that game and, um, thoughts out to Jessica Shepard, who, you know, with the injury we just found out about this week. I mean, she was, she was really a, a really great catalyst for this Lynx team. Um, a great addition to them. And, you know, these injuries just keep piling up, but, um, Minnesota, I'm impressed with just overall, you know, as you said, kind of when we first got into this conversation, this being kind of a a staple win, if you will, and an early win that kind of proved that they were for real. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were definitely questioning that. And and let's flip it because this is all lead up to the epic uh, rivalry of the Minnesota Lynx LA Sparks. And on the flip side, the Sparks on that same day that Minnesota beats Phoenix is in Connecticut. Loses to Connecticut in a, in a rematch of Connecticut was recently in L.A. and handled and got their first loss of the season. At the time, you know, Sparks 2-2 two and two, uh, going up against Connecticut and a, a, a rough loss. They lose 77-89. Um, some great play by the Gumake sisters, but they're not able to get it out. Also, Marina Mar- Marbury. Um, Mabry. Mabry, sorry. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know I get names wrong. Um, 14 points in 28 minutes. Just just a really impressive outing for, for the young the young guard. Um, for me, though, it was interesting to see the two different paths that the Lynx and the Sparks have been on this season and this offseason. You know, one team loses a bunch of their stars. The other team and, and, and like completely rebuilds the roster completely. This other team loses their head coach and does some tinkering with the roster, but it's not, it's not like a completely different roster. 
Um, and we go in to the latest chapter in the saga of this battle, and we have a final score of 89-85. But that, that four points doesn't even tell you how close it was. Obviously, Lindsey Whalen's number goes up into the rafters, much respect away, uh, greatest Minnesota athlete of all time. Um, but let, let's run through a little bit of this Minnesota-LA game because at the end of one, it's tied. At the half, it's it's a, a five-point game. At the, at the end of three, Minnesota ekes. I mean, this was the most classic Lynx-Sparks battle. And, I, and maybe I was being naive to think that with all the changes that have happened, that maybe this wouldn't continue. But Rachel, it's still some of the most entertaining basketball in the W. Right. Yeah, I feel I feel you a little bit on that, like the rivalry thing. It kind of feels like it's not there anymore, which I don't even know. I haven't thought about that yet. So I kind of ha- I kind of agree with you on that point. But I mean, it was a it was a really, really good game. And if you look, look at the numbers um, as I put my coaching hat on, like I just typically do, um, it, it was really evenly matched. Both teams shot right at the same percentage. Both, you know, both teams shot from 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 two and three. Um, uh, the, the, the one, honestly, the links in certain areas of the stat sheet, it, they, they, they beat the sparks. They got to the free throw line more. They were more efficient in terms of just the, the attempts that they got. Now, when LA got to the free throw line, they, they, they shot, I think, a, I think so far a season high 90, 90%, which is really, really good for them. They just, you know, the links got there like nine more times than they did. Um, the rebounding battle. I mean, Minnesota was dominant on the glass, <laughs> which like, like that's a number for me, you know, it, like, like when you're, when you're dominating on the glass like that more times than not, you know, the, the game's going to end in your favor. So I think it's an interesting game because if you just, if you don't look at the score and you look at the stat sheets, you, you realize, man, like Minnesota should have won this game. But I think one of the biggest areas was the turnovers. Um, those. Yeah. It, I mean, it, how, how do you, Rachel, how do you win when you have over 20 right. turnovers? And, and just those five extra turnovers that Minnesota had in a game like this leads to, you know, those those, those are five extra possessions that, that, that L.A. was able to capitalize on. And so I think, you know, in, in, in such a game that's so close and it's going to come down to just specific possessions, especially down the stretch, um, that's kind of what it came down to in this one specifically. But both teams, you know, balanced scoring, exciting. This is going to be um a matchup as we have gotten used to in years and I think that that more more than anything that was a reminder to me of like okay this is going to continue to be epic battles down the stretch even though we have seen drastic changes on both sides and and I'm excited about that like I'm extremely excited for the next time they play to hopefully see uh you know Elena Beard back Candace Parker back hopefully Alexis Jones gets to see some playing time Hopefully Simone Augustus is back. You know, Karima Christmas Kelly's back. There's there's a lot of stuff that like we were still missing stars from this. And this was still, I mean, I haven't had that adrenaline, that heart race since the finals or not even not even the finals since the semifinals last year. Um, So it was it was definitely really exciting to watch. And I'm happy that both these teams are showing, hey, we're still around. Don't forget about us because something really interesting if you look at the standings currently i know conferences really don't matter right now but if you look at the western conference standing you got links at four and two sparks at three and two storm at three and three and mercury at two and two uh and aces two and three and wings own four but 
it's funny because this is kind of a, a throwback, if you will, to what we've seen when we had the powerhouses of the Lynx and the Sparks at the top dogs, um, ju- just in the Western Conference um, stats. But let's move on to Hold a on. team that, yeah. I'm going to call a new rivalry because I'm kind of already getting that vibe. And I don't know if it's because of the drama, but the Connecticut Sun and the Sparks. Do you get that sense yes. of a, a new rivalry being built? <laughs> yeah, Only because uh, like, all right, yeah, there's this, this and that, you know, look, let, let's let, let me lay it out. Very matter of fact, <laughs> lay it out. Go ahead. All right. I think we're naive to think that uh, it was a, uh, a happy split between the Sun right. and, and Shanae. Right. And so let's let's keep that on our mind. Now you put Shanae on a team with her sisters and her her like sister players. And that team's definitely gonna, you know, surround her and say, Hey, this is our girl. We got her back. We're on her side of this argument. You know, like when when a when a couple splits up and you gotta take sides. And then Connecticut's gonna both teams are gonna use that as as kindle to the fire to get this thing going. And considering how physical those two matchups were and the, the jabbing that was going on. I'm, I'm with you. This, this, you know, maybe is it me or the sparks just getting themselves involved in all these rivalries. It's like the, the, the mercury a few years ago. Possibly. I mean, I, I like the sun sparks matchup. You know, you're talking about two completely opposite ends of the country you're talking about two teams that, you know, as of right now, we're, we're talking at least in the top four. I think there's, there's an argument to be made where for each of them where they, there were, they are contenders. Um, Kurt Miller used to coach a lot of these players on LA. I don't know. I, I like a lot of the storylines that surround um, these two teams. And I'm curious, you know, especially this early in the season, both teams split both games really were, um, I guess, what's, what's the right word? Really intense, <laughs> I guess, if you will, like, like it got chippy, all that, all that side, all that, all that sort of stuff. So um, that's just my prediction not to take us too far off course. No, no, and, and and I'm with you. And hey, you better you better circle that next game on the uh, on the calendar and make sure you go check that out because it's going to be a fun one. But now we do need to move on because there's some other cool stuff that's happened. Rachel, Liberty pull off a win, and the on the other side of that, the Aces are now one in three with Liz Cambage. Mm-hmm. Um, l- let's talk about the Liberty first. What did you see from this team? Um that told you they were ready to win? You know, I I was so ready to watch this game for like a quarter and a half and turn the channel and it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I, I'm watching this team and, and honestly, and then like I step back and I'm like, why, why are you like in your mind writing them off? And I, and I hadn't, that's not, that's not what I'm saying here. Um, I think the Liberty, you know, this is a team that, I mean, goodness, their last win prior to beating the Aces was July 15th of 2018. So we're going on like 11 months here where, I mean, since this team's even had a win and and they have been in some games, I think it's three out of their five games they lost within single digits. So you could kind of see that this was a team that as soon as they got a little bit of momentum, as soon as they had some other players other than Tina Charles step up and make some shots, um, they, they could come in and, and, and win and win a game. And, and you kind of got the sense that that was going to happen sooner rather than later when you really stopped and, and looked at what this, how this team was trending. Um, and I don't know, you know, to not be too harsh, um, but, you know, aces jumped out pretty quickly. And I don't know if this is, you know, a young aces team that as Bill Lambeer continues to say, we have, to, we have to learn to win. You can't even call us, 
you know, a favorite, I mean, yeah, that's nice, but we, we still have to win. You know, we, we still have to learn to win games. Um, I think it's, it, it was probably easy for them to want to overlook the Liberty a little bit, a young team coming into a city, you know, that's, it's got a lot of distractions, if you will. And, you know, you, 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 you probably have a heightened sense of who you are, even though you're not exactly <clears throat> dominating the league right now. And you're, you still have a lot of things you're trying to figure out, but um, I don't know how much it was truly the aces overlooking the Liberty because I, I do, I feel like if, if I'm a player in the WNBA, you, you have to understand that like you can't overlook anyone in this league. I mean, I feel like that's probably generally known, but let's be honest, if there was a team to overlook, it's going to be the Liberty. But um, after those first few minutes, Liberty, I mean, they got some momentum, they got going offensively. And, and then th- the thing that really stood out to me was the hustle play um, and the heart. And they just came out and wanted it so much more than what the aces did. And they punked them, you know, they flat out like, like punched them in the face and just whooped their tails in in so many areas of, of just the hustle and heart plays. And those are the plays that make all the difference. Those are the plays that get you extra possession. Those are the plays that, you know, they, they just, you could just tell their demeanor on the, the court. New York was, was going to refuse to lose that game. And, 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 and obviously a huge part of it is the balanced scoring, which we haven't seen so much has lied on Tina Charles's shoulders. And so to be able to have a player like, Bria Hartley and Kia Nurse step up. And I mean, Brittany Boyd was huge in that game, especially, you know, late in the first half, stepped up big with some big time shots. Basically what the Aces did defensively, they, 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 they basically dared someone else to beat them other than Charles, which is at this point, a really smart game plan, you know, and, and kind of the game plan that everyone does. I mean, and they, they, they were leaving Boyd wide open, um, daring her to take shots. And, you know, she stepped up to her credit. She hit some some really nice shots early in the game. Bria Hartley, you know, she, she, they need her to do that more. You know, they need Kia Nurse to do that more. Um, Zowie B's got to contribute, you know. So offensively, they had players that really contributed. And it all came down to momentum. You know, they, they had the crowd into it. You know, they were they were they were just dominant on the glass. They did a great job with that. And honestly, they did a great job taking care of the basketball, which a big, All right, I want to, well, I want to ask you this because there's two things I want to ask you. One, uh, well, first I want to point out a little stat and then, and then I want to ask you one. Uh, if you look at the three points, three point attempts, I know that I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record and you're sick and tired of me talking about three ball, but you are loving the three ball lately. For me, it's just like, okay, when you have, look at this, you have one team shot 26, and one team shot 13. Now, honestly, I expected going into this game that they're going to shoot quite similar amounts. Um, they score similar amounts. Kia Nurse drops three, goes three for eight from the three-point line and has half of New York's three balls. But if you take away, you know, those 26 shots, I, I just think it extends, the, extends the court a little bit more and frees up other players um, sure. and, and, and probably gives Tina a better position. But the question I want to ask you, as a player, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but talk to me the mindset of a player who goes into a game versus your ex-coach, and your ex-coach essentially says, I am daring you to beat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, like, right? Like, how, like, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Either you say, all right, challenge accepted, like, this is why you shouldn't have left us, or, like me being like the the classic hate on myself type person I'm like that would get in my head more than any smack talk that any player can do 
I think there's, I mean, it, it depends on the player, you know, and that, that's what, that's what, especially with someone, um, some of these players on, on this Liberty team that, that did rise to the occasion. You know, I, I think that shows a lot about their mental standpoint, their, their competitiveness. I mean, I know for me, like if, if my former coach is going to dare me to basically not guard me, yeah, it's a slap in the face, um, you know, and, and you're going to get pissed <laughs> and you're going to elevate your game and you're going to do something about it. I mean, that's what, that's how I would want to respond. That's how the Liberty, I think across the board responded, you know, and, um, I, and you, but you can't fault Lambeer for the game plan. It made sense. Um, and, and, and I mean, Asia Wilson can't go two for 10. She had another rough shooting night. If she does more Asia Wilson, Asia Wilson, normal things, you know, we, we could potentially have a completely different outcome here. Um, you know, Liz Cambage goes five for 14, still 17 points. But I mean, that that's a lot of empty shots right there between those two players, um, you know, finishing seven for about 24, making me do my math right now. But um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think, you know, back to your point of responding, you know, the Liberty wanted that one. I think they wanted it for Katie Smith. They wanted it for themselves. You know, they wanted to, they, they had a chip on their shoulder in that game. Um and they came out and just punked them. They did, and I, and and just, they they just rose to the occasion. In, interesting fact: uh, Asia Wilson's five points in that game was the first time in her young pro career that she did not score double digits. And I, she was up to like thirty or thirty-five or thirty-six games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny because you look at who held the other record, and I I want to say it was Candace Parker, but she, it, it was like ninety-five for, for ga- consecutive games wow. uh, with 10 points or more to start your WNBA career. Wow. It was like, not, it was in the ninth. I was shocked. That's impressive. Oh, no, sorry. It was Cynthia Cooper. Sorry, it was Cynthia Cooper. Shocked. Um, let's talk about Atlanta real quick. They have just struggled defensively. I know talking to head coach Nikki um, about a week ago when she was in D.C., a lot of it had to do, and she took a lot of blame for it. She said, look, you know, when I came in in my first year, it was very much so about implementing a system, learning the system from the ground up. Because it's my second year, maybe we went into this a little bit more. We've already learned the system. Let's start at level two and move our way up. And and not having that great base has been an issue. If you ask me, a lot of it also has to do with the fact that, you know, it's a new wave when a new coach comes in with a high intensity, a high energy athletic roster and now you're kind of seeing the sophomore slump. You see it in players, you see it in coaches, and you see it in systems. Um, and it's going to happen. Rachel, do you want to add anything about Atlanta before we move on to your hometown? <laughs> no, I just Sky? I think you're you're right on those fronts. I mean, it's um, everyone's like, really, what's going on in Atlanta? What's going on in Atlanta? I mean, are we really that naive to think that this isn't possible right now? The fact that what Nikki Collin and this team was able to do last year, nobody could have necessarily predicted, you know, they, 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 they hit a stride, they hit a wave, they rolled it into the playoffs. You know, they, they had a tremendous season. Um, I don't want to say it was easy by any stretch, but we all can agree that they had a lot of momentum and, and they were clicking on all cylinders for, for, for the majority of the season. So, you know, this is still a new team. This is still a new system. Um, sophomore slump, if you will, trying to kind of, I don't know, you know, is the expectation we're just going to come in and automatically be good because that's what we did last year. And it was, in, you know, in some ways kind of easy. Um, 
And I think, I think right now you're seeing some of those struggles and, and honestly, like with as early as it is, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not too alarming to me in some ways, because I think you have to, at some point expect this, that, that they're going to have to go through some struggles. They're going to have to kind of re-identify some things. They're going to have to work on some locker room type of struggles, maybe some chemistry things. Those things will get worked out, you know, by, by Nikki Collin, her staff, all those things. And, and at, you know, at the end of the day, you want, you want your team to be peaking at the right time. And whether that is, you know, really early in the season, like we saw with Connecticut last year, um, or in middle of the season, or you know, come playoff time, um, you, you know, you hope for Atlanta that they they can get things figured out come middle of the season towards the end of playoff time and, and get on a roll. And, and and you know, it's so early enough that, that they have time to do that. Talk to me about the Seattle Storm Chicago Sky um, <laughs> matchup because the Sky's two wins so far this season come at the hand of the defending champions, eighty three seventy nine and then seventy eight seventy one. Um, I mean, I, I, what is this Chicago Sky team? I am. I mean, when they're, I think this is going to sound ridiculous. They are who we thought they are. When their offense was rolling, at one point, the Sky in the first half were shooting upwards of 65%. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's 67% or something. Yeah, like that. that's just insane. Now, obviously, they came back to earth and ended up shooting a measly 42. Uh, but, but, but still, I mean, seriously, this team... When they're rolling on offense and making the shots, you know, I, I hear what we've heard from James Wade of this offense, you know, we can really create once we get out in transition, this, this, and that. And I see it finally in spurts. But then the the critic in me is like, yeah, but but what's going on with this defense? Right. I mean, I think that the story of this game was was that hot start. You know, when you, when you come out of the gate um, – with that much momentum, you know, and, and you're at home and, and shots are falling and, it, you know, it's, it's easy to ride that wave, <clears throat> you know, and then, you know, had, had there been another, another quarter, had we played five quarters, Seattle would have won that game, you know, um, Seattle came back, you know, they outscored them in the fourth, they outscored them in the third. Um, but, you know, luckily Chicago had such a, such a big start. Actually, they, outscored, yeah, they outscored them everything but the first. They did, they did. They outscored them in every quarter. So it truly did come down to that that first quarter for Chicago. Um, and, you know, it was that dominant and that ridiculous from a percentage standpoint. But, um, you know, like I said, Seattle was on their way to come back and, and take that thing. But I think with Chicago, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I still don't know. I, I'm I'm dumbfounded still a little bit, and that's a harsh word, but I'm just still trying to figure out what what is this team, um, who's the X factor on this team. Sometimes I think it's Stephanie Dolson when she's making shots and contributing. Um, they're they're going to be a team that's really tough to beat. I mean, Dolson goes seven for eight. When was, when was the last time we saw her shoot that well? It's been a while. Um, uh, I'm still very alarmed by the turnovers. You know, 20 turnovers in that game, that's, that's still so high. Um, and if you don't shoot the ball as well as you did that first quarter, you don't win that game with numbers like that. Um, so, I mean, defensively, I mean, you know, they gave up, <clears throat> they gave up 71 points. It's not, that's not terrible. Um, so I don't know, speaking to the defensive numbers in that, they out-rebounded them. They were dominant on the glass. Cheyenne Parker played tremendous and she continues to just get better and better. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we, 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 it's, it's, it's a broken record with Chicago. You know, we see what they're capable of doing in spurts. We see the talent they have with diamond to shields. And, you know, I like lavender on this team. I, we all know what Allie Quigley and 
Vandersloot can do. Um, Cheyenne Parker has really demanded to be a respected presence on this team. I just want to know, can this team be consistent from a scoring standpoint? And can this team ever take care of the basketball? Those are the questions I have probably a little bit more than defensively. I mean, defensively, they're not going to be one of the top defensive teams in the league. They're just not just based on personnel. Um, so what can you do to, to rein that in and, and help your chances by, by limiting points? Well, you, you rebound the hell out of the basketball and then that's what they have been doing. Um, but I just want to know kind of offensively what, what's going on here and, and can we see any form of consistency from a turnover standpoint? That That's going to be the question all season long, Rachel. Um, on, on the flip side, the storm for me, we're not going to get deep into it. That That's a whole nother episode with so much going on with them. For me, a lot of it has to do with the trickle down effect of not having Sue Bird or Brianna Stewart where the spacing, they're just, Howard isn't getting good looks from three. Howard isn't able to stretch the floor as much as she was when you have that addition of Brianna Stewart. And, you know, the obvious addition of Sue Bird never hurts that either. Um, so there, there's a lot there. We're going to talk about that in an episode um, where we kind of dive into the storm a little bit more in depth. The the thing I do want to talk about right now, and in the top of the, the top of the episode, spoke about this. Two teams with only one loss, and they're facing off tonight. The Sun and the Mystics both only have one loss. And the real question for me when it comes to the Mystics, I've been at all their home games. This team is rolling. They are on they are in midseason form. They were chomping at the bit to get this season started because they are ready for it. They feel that, you know, with a few a few changes, they could have won the championship last year. Do I agree with that 100%? No. But that's how I view it. My my biggest my biggest question mark with the Mystics so far this season is what happens when they take on a legitimate team. And so far in my opinion, the only team that they've really taken on was Connecticut in their first game and they lost. Granted, Deladon did not play. Connecticut Seen some up and downs. Rachel, looking at this game, what do you think are going to be some key factors for who can pull off the win? Well, I mean, you throw in the Deladon factor. That's it's not even a factor. That's just a, com- a complete game changer. But I think the big question mark for me, when Connecticut is rolling offensively, which they've been doing for for so far this year, not to jinx anybody, knock on wood. Sorry, Kurt Miller and staff. Um but, you know, they, they've been scoring from a lot of different places. Uh, Courtney Williams, JJ, you know, Jasmine Thomas, the Thomases, you know, Strickland, you know, had some games where she's hit down a lot, you know, knocked down a lot of shots. I'm curious, you know, the, the Mystics' ability <clears throat> to guard Connecticut, you know, to, to get stops. Because I think Connecticut will defend. Connecticut will rebound. They're going to be disciplined both and both, both sides of the basketball um, more times than not. I, I'm just curious, you know, from the Mystics on a defensive standpoint. Um, now, the Mystics have some of the most offensive firepower in the league. So if they come out, you know, and they're hot and they're making shots early, they could ride that wave, you know, living and dying by the three ball, living and dying with with quick shots in the possession. So um, I think for me in the Mystics, it comes down to their ability to make shots early um, and their ability to defend Connecticut um, and, and all the different actions that they're running and personnel that they have. Um, it's an interesting matchup, you know. Like you said, Connecticut routed Washington the first time they played, eighty-four to sixty-nine. So, um, but I, I do think it's a completely different game when you throw Deladon in there. Um, so it's going to be a good one, no doubt about that. Top two teams. It's yeah, no top two teams in the league. Argue, I mean, top two teams in the league. 
Um, it's it's going to be interesting on, on many levels. Atkins been a little bit of a slump for her last two games. How does she step mm-hmm. up? How does she, you know, kick it into gear for this one? Because this is a top matchup. Also, Natasha Cloud. I've, I've said this last year. I'll say it again this year a billion times. This team runs off Natasha Cloud's energy. They need her to be in top form. We saw her have a career uh, a career game in New York a few days ago. She bounces back, has another great game uh, against Dallas the other night. Let's see what she can do tonight going up against, you know, we could very well be seeing a preview of the finals, the semifinals right yeah. now, folks. So definitely pay attention. We got a team on a three-game win streak and a team on a four-game win streak. And the last thing I'll say about this is keep in mind last year, I don't know if you remember, they had two games where – I mean, some of the most exciting high-scoring games the W has ever seen. We got close to to having, you know, the scoring records broken in those games. Um, so I'm excited. This is going to be a high-power, high-offense game. Um, and, well, I guess we're at that point, Rachel. It's time for Pick'em. Let's pick'em. Pick'em. So we got three games tonight. We'll start off with, with a little bit easier one. Uh, Storm at Fever. You say you say easy, but I have been trying to pick some upsets. I picked the wrong one last time. Um, but at the end of the day, the fever, from what I saw the last game, um, reverted back to some old fever ways. So I'm not feeling incredibly high on them, at least in this exact moment. Um, so I'm going to go storm. Ooh, going storm. I'm, I'm glad you do because I'm okay. going fever. Uh, next game, the Mercury at the sky <laughs> i'm gonna go mercury <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm going mercury also uh I, I was really just delaying this last one because it's a coin flip for me rachel i'll let you go first mystics at the sun i'm going sun all right you're going sun i see i want to go sun uh, I, i'm going sun but hear me out I'm go- you want to go against your own hometown team this is why and 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 look and and look people can hate on me all you want because i got screwed by this on the whole lynx mercury thing for me it's more so of who you've played so far versus how good you've been playing so for me it's like look who the mystics have played atlanta chicago new york and dallas okay you got wins off that but those are all games that you should have won and you got blown out by connecticut um it, 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 the Connecticut at least has played Vegas, LA, you know, they've had some trials and tribulations. I'm going sun, but not easy to say. I'm going sun because they are the most consistent and dominant is a strong word because I don't, I don't think they're being dominant, but they are the most solid on both ends of the ball so far this season. I agree with you. We at Winsider believe in the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work we do. This has been the Winsider Show.